and podcasting and broadcasting 438 miles between each other on a chilly and cold Friday morning. You're listening to the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Glad to have you with us between Lubbock and College Station. I am George Coff here in College Station, and for my friend Desmond McLaughlin in Lubbock, we welcome you to Season 2, Episode Number 7, which would make the total episode count to number 27. We're going to get into A&M, Alabama, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, and all the other big uh, games going on in this week's uh, version of college football. Almost be like the meat and potatoes type week of college football. Finally getting to the big, bulky, exciting things. So we welcome in Desmond. Desmond, how are you doing on this Friday after morning, not afternoon, Friday morning? Well, George, as you said, very chilly. Um, but yeah, I'm ready to get into this. Well, you know what they say is once the weather gets colder, it means it's time for uh, time for some good football, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's get into this. So the Alabama Crimson Tide traveled to College Station to face the Aggies. But before we get to that matchup, we had a bye week for the Aggies as well as the Crimson. Crimson Tide did. So, of course, preparations began for the top-ranked team in the nation. We had Jimbo's birthday. Jimbo turned a good old 54 or 53, one of the two, uh, on Wednesday. So, uh, and here's a, a fun statistic for you, Desmond. Jimbo has never lost the week following his birthday or on his birthday. So, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as, uh, as they face Alabama here. Uh, this is, again, the best weekend of college football thus far. Um, we get the Red River Reverie. We get Notre Dame USC. We got four ranked matchups that we'll talk about later. Ranked on ranked matchups that we'll get to later. But uh, I feel like if AM's going to pull off the upset, they got to have a bunch of tricks up their sleeve. I, I, I think that uh, Daryl Dickey, the offensive coordinator, and Mike Elko, they're going to have to have a near-perfect game uh, for, the, for the Aggies. But I will say that Alabama defense is the weakest it's been since we joined the SEC. Um, the They just have had some injuries, and I mentioned this, mentioned this I'm slurring my words here, mentioned this to my friend, uh, that A&M, you know, they knew that we are starting with freshmen on defense, but that we they knew that since February. So they've had that time to prepare. Bama, because of injuries in, spring, in the spring and in the fall, right before the season started, you've got freshmen starting that really thought, oh, going to Alabama, I'm going to sit on the bench a few times, only get you know playing time here and there, and then start their sophomore year. Where now they're having to start, have to get that mentality around, and I, I just don't know how that is going to fare. But Desmond, you, you mentioned it last week. You said that um, when you play a good team, you're going to, do the best you can, or a ranked team rather, with like as we talked with Texas Tech last week, you're gonna play the you're gonna play your best football. What do you think the Aggies have to do this week to defeat or even just come close with Alabama? Well, I think a lot of it's gonna have to be the quarterback contain containing Tua. They need to limit his ability, because um, you know Tua will if if he doesn't have a receiver open, he does have the legs to get open and get those extra yards. So I think that's going to be a huge problem. They need to get to him early. They need to get to him fast. If they get a good few good hits on him, get some pressure on him, maybe they can, you know, mess up his game. We, we've seen him not play his full potential. We saw that last year during the national championship against Clemson. I Correct. think they need, they need to mimic exactly what Clemson did because whatever they did, it worked. 
And we saw that last year. A&M kept Clemson close and, uh, you know, the closest that anyone else was able to. And this year, A&M kept Clemson close-ish. We'll say ish because it was 24 to 3 before the Aggies got a touchdown in the last 30 seconds of the ball game. But the defense that they played against Clemson, they shut Clemson down the entire second half, let alone, or, or I think they allowed a touchdown, but basically shut them down the entire second half. I think you're, you were on something, and I'll go back to this. We talked, we, we were watching the, the Bama Clemson game, national championship game together last year. And I remember you mentioning that Bama just did not look right. That Clemson was able to get to off, and I feel like, do you think A&M has the ability? Well, not necessarily what they have to do to get to a, you know, they what they have to do, they have to disrupt to a. But do you think they have the ability to disrupt to a? Yeah, no. I think to an extent, yes, they do. Yeah, you do. And with Matabike and with the, that defensive line, is that what you're saying? Yes. Well. Again, that game is the game of the week here in on the on SEC on the CBS on your local CBS station. Bama is a 17 and a half, a 17 point favorite. Excuse me, nine and a half, 17 point favorite. Um, I I'm a betting man. I'm not saying that I put money on anything, but I just am a betting man. Like the like uh, looking at spreads. And for me, I think A&M can cover. I got the Aggies losing. Um, I do think if they do play well enough, they could have a, t- a potential upset. But I've got the Bama, uh, Bama rolling out of here with a win, forty-three to thirty. Desmond, what about you? Yeah, I have Bama um, rolling in with the win too. Um, spread about the same. I had Bama winning forty-nine thirty-one. It's about eighteen, so it's pretty close. Okay, uh, you see, you say that A&M will not be able to cover then. No. Based off of the spread. Okay. Yeah, I think I think if if Jimbo and the offense can keep this uh, keep the twelfth man into it, into the game, the entire game, keep that crowd noise going. The last few week the last few days we've heard some not so nice words about the twelfth man being not so intimidating or not so, you know, oh, is it really that hard of a place to play at Kyle Field and top twenty five wins galore, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? I think the crowd is gonna have a word for that. The students, not just the students, but everybody that every one hundred and two thousand per uh, of that crowd. So I just I just think that BAM is better. I think it is, literally will come down to talent. If we were talking, oh, it's Auburn or it's Mississippi State where you're even talent and you give the edge to the home field, of course, and I'd take A&M home field-wise, but I think it just comes down to talent and I'll take the Aggies any day, or the, uh, I'm excuse me, take the BAM on Crimson Tide any day of the week. All right, let's get to Lubbock. Desmond. Um, I am pleasantly surprised that we're talking about Jet Duffy being a hero maker, uh, a uh, hero, and just uh, I think we just have to flat out say he had his best game as a Red Raider. Two, six, 26 for 44 uh, completions, two attempts, 424 passing yards, a four touchdown, five total on the day. He had no turnovers. That was the most important statistic there. And... Uh, all career highs for him. What 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 do you have to say about that? Well, George, I just want to say I did call this. I did say you did. Seconds. You I'm did. Like, even even with me being very very unsure, I did call it, and they did win. And I was feeling the Duffy hype all throughout the game. And I just want to say the the happiest set I'm about 
three interceptions. We picked him off three times. Wow. That is a stat I'm happy about. And you had and that means the turnover margin was plus three because mm-hmm. you didn't have any turnovers on the offensive side. So that's that is something you have to be very proud of. It just I just I was very pleased. They played outstanding defense. There was a little part there. Between. I wouldn't say outstanding defense because they rolled out to a twenty to nothing lead, and t- Oklahoma State had a chance to come back. Had yeah, a chance to make it. I was, I was, I was, that's what I was about to mention. I said there was a little part. I think it was the fourth quarter, but probably the fourth. Yeah, Oklahoma State was regaining the momentum, being down. They just they came out blazing, and I was getting a little nervous there. And they were on about their twenty yard line. I think if they scored a touchdown, it would have brought it down to. It would have brought it down like ten. No, it would have, it would have brought it down really close. But they ended up fumbling the ball, and we scored again. So that really helped us. So our defense, our defense played really well. But there was a part where they kind of regained the momentum. Oklahoma State was rolling. Our defense was slacking, but that fumble really helped us out. But I'm so pleased with this win. Yeah, I, I would be too if if I was a Texas Tech fan, but I'm not. So. Uh, I can't say I'm pleased about it. I just think that um, not necessarily played good defense, but they played situ- go- really good situational defense. They had to make they, – they played well when they had to make a stop. They played well when they had to just stop the momentum, stop the opportunities that Oklahoma State had. And give Oklahoma State all the credit. That quarterback that they have was a freshman. He's going to be a star. He's going to be a stud. I said it against uh, – when we were looking at that – Oklahoma State Texas game, and I think Kirk Herbstreit said it too on the broadcast that night. That don't he's going to be a star. We're going to be talking about him in a few years because he he just he was making some good throws and he had some bad ones. Of course, you mentioned the three interceptions, but you got to be pleased if you're an Oklahoma State fan, even in a losing effort, that your quarterback you have future, you have future depth. Um, so I guess that leads me to talking about the game this week. Uh, you go on the road. You're facing probably the second best team in the conference behind Oklahoma and Texas. Um, we'll get to the Big 12 race in a second, but Baylor. Baylor Bears, they're good. 5-0. They've not really shown anything, any, any opportunity where they've slacked down. They've shown that they're just full, for, full throttle Fourth force, Desmond, are you concerned or do you think Texas Tech has a legitimate chance to knock down the Baylor Bears? George, I'm going two weeks in a row. I have Texas Tech win this game. I'm feeling this Duffy hype. 41-35, Texas Tech Raiders. Would this be your upset of the week or are you going to save nope. that for later? No, no, I will save that. I will save that. I'm going to save that. So why, do, why are you so confident? You just think Duffy's going to have back-to-back performances or I is am. there something I... that – Something I, else. I hope, George. I think I think this is where we change. I think this is where Coach Wells changes the program. Desmond, hold on, hold on. You were very, very critical about Coach Wells <laughs> about a week and a half ago. I wish we could play the, the, the audio back. You were you were just like, I cannot believe what he's doing, the offensive I think your exact words were like uh, we need to be watching more film. The coaches, yes, yes, it's a bad he, attitude. He changed his, he, Duffy he changed stop. his play call. Ask, ask my friends. I was calling the plays out on the field before they even happened. 
I said, oh, he's going to throw it deep to TJ Vasher. He's got a mismatch. Next play, throws it deep to TJ Vasher, bro. That's really – with TJ Vasher, he's not the greatest receiver, but he's good. He, ha he usually has the height. He can get up there. If we look to him, which we did, I believe cut for 120, we won the game because we looked at him. Where other games, we were running it on third down. They were not looking at TJ Vasher. He wasn't getting touches. And he, he, he didn't start Duffy. Now he's starting Duffy's, looking for TJ Vasher. We're throwing more. And we're getting rushing yards, so he changed his play calls. So I'm earning, I'm getting a little respect from him. I, I I agree with that, and and I just I, I don't know. I wish I could just have like if you could just watch yourself from last week, where you were just like, I'm not like. No, I, I I know what I said. I know what I said. I've changed my mind a little bit. Maybe I'm not there yet to where like I love him, but I'm liking in the direction he's heading. Well, uh, Desmond, I want. To take the Red Raiders, but I know in my heart, and I have uh, in the next five minutes, I will get to why I'm not taking the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Um, Baylor's deserves to be ranked, and that's why I'm taking the Baylor Bears. This game will be close at half, but the Baylor Baylor's going to show why they are five and zero, and will become six and zero. I've got the Baylor Bears forty five, Red Raiders twenty seven. Duffy makes a few interceptions down the stretch that are just you can't have. All right, um, so just like always, I always have to go against Texas Tech. Sorry, Desmond, but you know, sometimes, just, sometimes it just is what it is, and Baylor's a very good team. We'll get to Baylor, why I'm so high on the Baylor train in just a moment. But let's talk about the top 25, more specifically the top five. Um, well, Alabama and Clemson were off this week, which was the first time in four years that uh, we had a week of college football, which number one and number two did not play. Uh, this gave the opportunity to kind of re, uh, resurvey some of the top five teams, you know, the other teams that weren't number one and number two, and kind of reevaluate them, see how they did against very good opponents. Of course, we got Florida taking on uh, Auburn, and that was a really good matchup to see Auburn's potential. We had Oklahoma take on Kansas, and we saw some flaws. Even though it was Kansas, we saw some flaws. And, of course, we had LSU with that dominating performance against Utah State. So, Desmond, um, I'll say my top five, and then I'll let you go. Um, really has not changed much from last week. I think the only change that I have is I've taken, uh, of team-wise, I've taken Georgia out of my top five, and I've inserted LSU. But my top five is this. Ohio State's still number one. We talked about them last week. Uh, Bama is still number two. I've inserted Clemson at three. I think they're good. Um, I think they're, they're going. You have to say if they're undefeated, they're going to be in the playoff, even though their schedule is not very good. But, again, they're good. Uh, four, I've got LSU. So that would be two uh, SEC teams in the playoff. And then on the outside looking in, um, and I think it will – be this week will help us determine this is number five Oklahoma. Um, Jalen Hurts is good again, but you have to look at their schedule. They haven't played many anybody, and yes, you could argue with Clemson they haven't played anybody, but at least Clemson has played conference opponents and they've uh, where they've shown that they can compete. Oklahoma had some struggles against Kansas. Now it is Kansas, and Kansas is rebuilding with Coach Les Miles, and you have that that rebuild process. But they still put 20 points up on a defense that had been pretty, pretty shut down all season. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's where I set them at right now. Let's hear yours. What do you got? All right, George. Well, I agree. 
I have Ohio State as number one. Um, I'm going to put Alabama at two. Okay, I did, two. Up there. I did two. Um, I'm actually going to put Oklahoma at three. Ooh, okay. I'll let you explain that. Get to your last two, and then I'll let you explain Oklahoma. Number four, Clemson. Number okay. five, LSU. I was a little iffy about putting Oklahoma so high, yes. but I haven't really seen too many flaws. There haven't again, they haven't really played anybody, but they haven't had any close games. And we are talking about Jalen Hurts, who I'll talk about later. But I just think that their offense is so explosive right now, and they deserve to be in the top four. I agree. I I do agree with your 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 debate there. Your the reasons you bring up for them being in the top four i just i just for some reason i feel like lsu is a better team and of course if you were looking at top 25 wins and you were looking at uh strength of schedule lsu has that win over texas that win is becoming better and better as texas keeps winning and as texas is climbing up because if it shows that you were able to go into an environment like that in austin and you were able to pull out a touchdown uh, a win by a touchdown doesn't matter how close the win was. You still got the win on the road. And I just think that's what kind of gives me the edge over Oklahoma right now. Now, that again, that could change with this week. If Texas loses, Oklahoma wins, ruins LSU's um, that, that strength of that victory. And I would almost argue Oklahoma should go up. But again, that would be a common opponent where you're looking at, okay, who had the better win? And then you just switch it. All right. Um, so that's our top five. We'll keep doing that as we go through this, uh, go through the next few weeks before we get to our first college football playoff rankings, which is the first week of November. Um, and keep in mind, strength of schedule, conference champions, um, possible uh, really bad losses are kind of things that the committee uh, views. And that's, of course, thanks to our friend Sam Khan, who was on with us a few weeks ago, who kind of gave us the criteria that they look at all right desmond i mentioned it earlier uh looking at the big 12 championship who could get there okay there's really three teams oklahoma baylor or four oklahoma baylor texas and tcu or west virginia one of those two okay oklahoma is guaranteed in so that because they're going to either win out or they're going to lose one but they're going to be in that leaves us with three teams battling for one spot Here's why I think Baylor is better or will make it to the SEC, to the Big 12 championship game over Texas. Okay, Baylor, who was a not so great team, they were decent enough to make it to the bowl game last year, took Texas to the final possession. In fact, they were within a few yards, maybe a pass or two, of actually of beating Texas. We factored in a really bad loss to Oklahoma. That was this was last year. Oklahoma lost for Baylor, and a really bad loss to TCU. And of course, Baylor really didn't have a chance this year. TCU is not Baylor's looking like the better team than TCU based off of how TCU played SMU and how they've played Iowa State, how they've played some of these teams. For me, Oklahoma is bound to lose one trap game. Okay, they're bound to lose somewhere along the line. They're not going to get undefeated. They're going to lose somewhere. That game could be the Baylor. And if it is, that gives Baylor an extra room for error, a margin of error. And they could lose to Texas or they could lose to Iowa State, somebody who is going to try to play spoiler. But for me, right now, Texas is third in the Big 12. 
Baylor would be my number two. How do you feel about that? I still think nobody's going to agree with me because everyone thinks it's going to be Oklahoma, Texas again in the Big 12. I get it. it, But you know what? You got to have some change. You got to have some variety in your life. You got to put Baylor. Give some, put some respect on the Baylor's name. Put some respect on there. I, I'm going to say, I think about this. Because I'm definitely gonna say Oklahoma. I definitely think Oklahoma will um will be the number one. Number two is a bit tricky. Well, look. Let me let me give you this. Baylor still has Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, and West Virginia on the schedule. Texas just got past West Virginia, and they only have Oklahoma, Baylor, and TCU left on the schedule. If we're looking at big opponents. And then TCU, West Virginia, Iowa State. I didn't get to them. I'll get to them here. They really won't make it to the conference championship game, but they could play the spoiler role. They could be the role that ruins somebody's season. And I feel like one of those teams is going to beat Texas, which would give, let's say Texas loses to OU. That would give Texas a second loss in conference. And if Baylor remains only one loss, potentially to OU, if we say they don't get the win, they do lose, that would give them the tiebreaker. Or if they do both have one loss and we come to the Baylor-Texas game and Baylor beats Texas, guess who has the tiebreaker? Baylor does, because Baylor has the head-to-head over Texas. See my logic here? You could come down to where you could get an 8-0 or 9-0 Oklahoma team, an 8-1, 8-1 Baylor in Texas, with Texas losing Oklahoma, Baylor losing to Oklahoma, or both losing to Oklahoma, but Baylor beating Texas, therefore the tiebreaker. I'm, I agree. I think it's be Oklahoma and Baylor. Okay. Okay. See, see, for all you haters out there, we're we're getting some people on the <laughs> Baylor train. Chugga chugga chugga, going through Waco. Chugga chugga chugga. Chugga chugga chugga. No. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll stop. All right, my George. Train. All right, George. The train. The train has pulled into the station, and we're waiting for it to leave. We got to see what happens. Okay. That Baylor Texas game is gonna be a big one. In fact, okay, Desmond, I'm gonna put some some interesting stakes on this Baylor and Texas college game day question mark in Waco uh, that'd be very interesting do you think it could happen possibly okay okay all right well if we get close to that game we'll of course keep bringing up the hype but yes um there's my my thought process about the big 12 all right of course we mentioned it earlier but we've got four Ranked on ranked matchups this week, Oklahoma-Texas, of course, Red River rivalry in the Cotton Bowl in Dallas at the State Fair. That's 6 versus 11. You've got the the uh, the showed, the cross-division showdown between Florida and LSU, top 10 matchup in Baton Rouge game days there for the 7 versus 5 matchup. Then you have Big, 12, Big Ten, Penn State, Nittany Lions, 10th ranked, and Iowa Hawkeyes are coming off that tough loss to uh, Michigan. Shout out to Desmond's upset pick for being correct. I should have gone with uh, with rankings over Vegas because I don't know what, why I was thinking Vegas was right. I was wrong. Um, uh, that's a top t- a top 25 matchup. And of course, you have the Bama A&M game, which is a top 25 matchup here in College Station. And we'll throw in USC, Notre Dame. Said so Notre Dame's the only team ranked in that game, but again, it's going to be a big matchup, rivalry game. So we'll 
throw that one in there as the big games of the week. All right, Desmond, we'll get to more games as we pick those in a moment, but let's talk about mid-season awards. We are halfway through the season. We need to crown some, some winners. Now, I think we both were incorrect on our Heisman Trophy winner last year. We both um, we did not say Kyler as our midseason Heisman Trophy winner. I said Jalen Hurts. You or no? I'm. I said Tua, and you had mentioned Tua. I think as well, or maybe you said Kyler. Murray. I could be wrong. Either way, um, let's get to our most valuable offensive player at the midseason. Who you got? I'm actually gonna have to go with Jonathan Taylor. I did too. I'll, 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 I'll give you that one. Uh, he's. I feel like if we were to say, I changed it up a little bit. Instead of saying most offensive player or you know, uh, offensive player of the year in the midseason, I feel like valuable is very important there because without Jonathan Taylor, that Wisconsin team would not be in the top ten, one hundred percent. Yes. Why did you choose him as as uh, as the offensive most valuable offensive player of the year? Logger with what you just said, and also he's just a—he's just a force, man. I think he could really be something in the NFL. I really do. Does he have a chance at the Heisman? That's the real chance. Ah, uh, no. I don't. I honestly don't think so. I think it's just because he's going to get overshadowed by all these really good quarterbacks. Exactly. But, exactly. But I think you're right. I think he could be with like a like. I feel like he could make it in the NFL with like the nine 49ers or somebody who needs a running back. Like who needs a solid running back and um, would fit well in a system that allows you to get screen passes in situations like that. And I feel like 49ers, possibly the Texans, question mark. I mean, you kind of just got Duke Johnson, but you need somebody, maybe potential rookie that could help you out there. But yeah, I, I think Jonathan Taylor's a beast. He is just, I think he had what, five touchdowns against Michigan or four touchdowns, something like that. Yeah. It was crazy and for 300 yards or something like that i mean the guy is just a beast i said it again but yeah there you go all right most valuable defensive player i'll let you go first uh i actually chose curtis weaver from boy state he's currently leading in sex right now okay okay and that's a uh, the main reason why i chose him yeah i i um actually i also took somebody from the mountain west conference okay. uh, but i took uh the cornerback from San Diego State, he's got this really cool name. His name is Luke Barku. That's Luke with a Q, and Barku is bar, and then coo like you would coo a bird. So, yeah, I think it was a pretty cool name and deserved a uh, shout-out there. He's leading the league – or the, the he's leading college football in amount of interceptions uh, on chances. He's had five chances, and he has four interceptions. Um like legitimate chances. He's deflected six passes. Um, he has two pass interference penalties, which is tied for third lowest of any other any cornerback in the nation. Bro is a beast at the long, at the in second coverage. He knows how to make interceptions. He also has three fumbles on the year. Keep that in mind. Or like fumble recoveries, not fumbles, but fumble recoveries. If he, for San Diego State, he is truly their valuable player. If they didn't have him, who knows what would happen because he's saved the day multiple times this season. All right, what about special teams, Desmond? Um, I think I agree with what you were talking about. Um, you talking about the right the Georgia kicker? Yes, Rodrigo Blankenship. Rodrigo Blankenship. Yeah. 
He's got um, some cool glasses. Give him that, too. Most valuable <laughs> glasses right there. Um, yeah, he's 11 for 11 on the year. He's got three 50-yard field goals. Talk about a guy, and Georgia's offense really isn't relying on him for, for field goals. They, you can, He's using him for extra points, and I think he's gone perfect on extra points as well, So, or, or missed one potentially. Either way, either way, I think um, – Man, man's got a leg. He could succeed in the NFL 100%. What about you about him? Well, I mean, whenever you have the stats that he has, it definitely looks good on your resume, you know. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit about uh, the Florida State. Remember the two kickers? Uh, I'm trying to think of their names. Um, uh, Aguayo. Aguayo, the two brothers, the one was like, two years old or whatever, he was with Jimbo there, and then the next year they recruited him. So when he went off to the NFL, they had the second brother, and they both were, like, school record holders in in kicks or something like that. I was like, that's that's what the, this guy kind of reminds me of. And we keep forgetting that he's, like, a senior now, finally, you know. He's been at Georgia for a very long time, has a chance to break records for field goals this year. I think he needs – 13 more, something like that. 13 more to get the overall record. I could be wrong on that, but yeah, I think um, we both agreed then on offensive and special teams. All right, Desmond, let's get through these so we can get to our games. Best game so far? Uh, I said best game. I really liked um, whenever LSU played Texas. Stop I, looking at my notes, Desmond. I don't I appreciate t- this. Oh my gosh. I honestly didn't. Like, that's I've been saying that was a good game. That's yeah, why that, I, that yeah. game it had the most action. It was it was just seemed like we were scoring after score after score and we had some some interesting just back and forth and came down to the very end. Now a close second for me would probably be a game I actually didn't get to watch, but I saw highlights and I saw the game go back and forth on my on my phone because it was during the uh, Bama uh, the AM Auburn game was the North Carolina Appalachian State game. That game came down to a blocked field goal uh, attempt by North Carolina, and it was blocked by Appalachian State to win the game. That isn't my upset, though, either. That was just a very good game. So either way, tied for that. And then what about your biggest upset? Uh, My biggest upset is actually, I believe I picked... um, Don't say it. uh, Why don't you say it, and then I'll tell you if that's why I chose. All right. Um, I, I know you weren't so big on this being an upset, but I took Kansas over Boston College. Uh, they had their first – that was their first Power 5 win on the road in 38 attempts. They come out here, cream Boston College, give them a Boston cream pie. They um, shut them down in the second half. I mean, it may not be a huge upset because it's two Power 5 teams, but for me – if there is if there's something that Kansas can take away from their first season with less miles, it's that right there. I actually chose Georgia State beating uh, Tennessee. Okay, okay, good, good. Now, do you think that's really a big upset looking back, considering how Tennessee has done? Well, at the at the time, it was a big upset. I I don't know. I just I think it's the biggest one so far. That's fair. That was a week one upset where Georgia State. Came out and just... Georgia State, though. Georgia State. They just... The Panthers, they're doing something exciting. I think they're even 3-2 and two in the Sun Belt now. They could be competing for a Sun Belt 
uh-huh. championship either way. I don't know how group of five conference championships work. This is a power five, sorry, power four, sorry, big 12, uh, Pac-12. We don't care about you anymore. Uh, power four conversation. All right, let's get to the games. I know we're, I know people are dying to listen to us with the games. All right, Desmond, you have gotten on a roll with your upsets now. You two in a row, Arizona State, and then Michigan. You got some some big expectations this week. You got to make it three in a row because you know what they say: when you make something three in a row, it's not going to stop anytime soon. Oh boy! So, and for me, I dropped my third straight or second straight rather. Uh, USC didn't wasn't able to get done, and neither was Iowa last week. Um, now, granted, it was only by a touchdown, so it wasn't like I was way off, but you know, it could be worse. So I dropped a three and three, and Desmond is at three and two. All right, Desmond, we're just going to go down the line here. And when you get to your upset, we'll make it a big deal. All right, let's talk about the Red River rivalry. Sixth ranked Oklahoma tr- goes to face the 11th ranked Texas Longhorns in Dallas. Game is Cotton Bowl is right. Perfect smack dab between halfway between the campuses. And no matter the records, no matter the rankings, no matter what else is happening. These two teams always battle it out, always make it close. Boomer Sooner versus Texas Fight, Lincoln Riley versus Tom Herman, Sam Ellinger versus Jalen Hurts. You've got so many storylines, and I just think Oklahoma wins them all. I've got Oklahoma winning this one by a touchdown, 40-33. Desmond, what about you? I, I agree, George. I have Oklahoma winning this by 13. Um, I just think that the offense is too much for Texas, but I'm, I'm, I, this is a game I'm definitely going to be watching. You, you expect me to have some popcorn, have a little Gatorade, some drinks. I'm, I'm going to be watching this game, George. You already know. All right, this game is at 11 a.m. on Fox. That's their big noon kickoff, which is the second straight week that they've had. No, sorry, second and three weeks that they've had a Big 12 game as their showdown, as their uh, uh, big, big noon kickoff. So, and of course, Desmond, you mentioned popcorn that you're going to be able to watch it because that Texas Tech game is at 3 o'clock on the road. So you've got plenty of time to watch between the Texas Tech, before the Texas Tech game. All right, and Oklahoma is a 10.5 point favorite. Let's move to a game that maybe people won't be watching, but should. The Memphis Tigers, they are ranked 23rd in the AP poll, finally ranked. They face Temple. Both teams have a combined 9-1 and one record coming into this game. This game's in Philadelphia, um, so you know you're going to have some, some interesting uh, situations happen there. Anytime a game's at, played at Lincoln Financial Field, you always have some sort of shenanigans. Uh, but Memphis always plays well in, good, in big games, and I picked them multiple times before for my upset last year, but this year they're favored by 5.5. I don't need to pick them as an upset, Desmond. I got the Memphis Tigers by 11, 35-24. What about you, Desmond? I agree, George. Um, I actually had Memphis by 17, but I definitely think they're going to win this game. Yep. That game is on ESPN2, so no need to try to uh, find that one on the interweb somewhere. You can just find it on your local ESPN station. All right. Top 10 matchup, college game day. Okay, Desmond, does College Game Day have a Florida bias, or do they just like Tiger Stadium? I don't know. Either way, we get them going to going to Baton Rouge, Death Valley at night. 
That's like trying. That's just almost impossible to win in. Uh, just ask the Aggies. They tried to do it twice, three times actually, and it didn't work. Uh, just make sure no one tells Kyle Trask, the Florida freshman quarterback, or not freshman, the Florida quarterback, because he'll be in it for a huge surprise. Uh, defenses are better than Auburn and uh, Tucson and Kentucky, but I think Trask will actually play better against the real DBU. And I'm calling the real DBU LSU, not Florida. The real DBU is LSU, baby. Um, and I've got the Gators, again, pulling off the upset. I've got the Florida Gators, 23, LSU 20, which would be under the over-under. And I'd be taking the spread or the big-time uh, Florida cover the spread, the 14.5-point spread by LSU. Desmond, what do you got? Um. I actually have LSU win this game. I think it would be kind of low scoring, 24 to 10. But I just think LSU is too good. I don't really see Florida winning this game. And also, I, I, you know I'm, I'm already up on the LSU hype. You already know that. LSU? LSU? Uh, they need to start playing neck before I'll jump on the LSU train because they don't play neck anymore. That's their the song that they're banned. They simply banned the band from playing. So uh, either way. I'm still taking the Florida Gators. I, 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 some, something in me is telling me the chomp chomp, so go Gators. All right, let's go to the Big Ten. Penn State, Iowa. We talked about it earlier, but uh, Iowa's coming off a tough loss to Michigan, uh, and the Hawkeyes are trying to wave because, you know, they do the wave, right, the, at, at Iowa Stadium to the hospital, which is really cool. They're, you know, the uh, Hawkeyes are trying to wave off another L, uh, and the Nittany Lions, I think, are going to prove – that they are for real, they're going to do, but Iowa will be the better team, but Penn State will outplay them just a little bit, just enough to get the win. I've got a one-point victory in this uh, Saturday night primetime showdown. Penn State 30, Iowa 29. Desmond, what about you? I definitely think I... See, I'm... Is this your upset? Is this your upset? This will be my upset, George. Oh. I think I think Iowa's gonna come out. I think in the winning game. Um, yep, yep. I'm gonna choose this one as my upset. Hopefully, hopefully this makes me keep the streak going. And do you think they keep it close, or do you think it's gonna be pretty close, pretty big? I, I I think I think it'll be close. I think it'll be I think it'll be like a ten point game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Penn State is a uh, three point favorite, and that's on ABC prime time. Uh, another Big Ten game: Michigan State. Wisconsin in Camp Randall in Madison, Wisconsin. Desmond, I got five words for you. The Badgers are for real. Wisconsin by 25. That's it. Go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, I definitely... All right, you're not going to agree with this, but this is another upset, George. That's two upsets. I know. I'm going, I'm going a little crazy here. Fighting cocky, huh? I think I think Michigan State. They they lost. They have two losses. Um, but I just there's always that one game where that that eh team just comes out and beats someone good, and I think that is that I think that is this game. I really do. So what do you think? It's going to be very close then, or do you think Michigan State? just pulls it off very, like, last minute. 
I think I think it'll be a close game the whole time. Okay. Okay. All right, we got three more games to get here, get through here. So let's make them quick. Washington State, Arizona State, Arizona. The Sun Devils are ranked 18th and no longer picks, uh, you know, no longer upset opportunities. Um, and you know, don't worry, we didn't forget about the Pac-12. Oh wait, never mind. They don't have any chance to be in the conference, uh, in the in the playoff hopes. So either way, these two teams are headed. They're headed for the. Uh, to remain in the one loss in the Pac-12 and potentially headed to the Rose Bowl because that's an awesome uh, sweepstakes. Uh, but seriously, Herm Edwards, sorry Desmond, or not sorry Desmond, but Desmond, I'm jumping on the hype train. Arizona State, Herm Edwards is on to something special. I've got the uh, Sun Devils by seven, 41 to 34. In an, and this is an even spread. This is a pick em. You Literally nobody has the edge. What about you? I agree. I'm going to have to go with my small school from last year. Um, I have them win this game by seven also. Um, I really wish I would have picked them this year as my small school, even though yeah, they were debatably small, but still, this this would have been a year. This always happens to me. Yeah, you know, sometimes it just happens. It's just, uh, you, you get unlucky. All right. Um, let's get to the last two. Trojans and the Fighting Irish, that would be USC and ninth-ranked Notre Dame in South Bend. They play for the Jeweled Shillelag. It's a club. It's like a wooden club, some sort of Irish tradition. I don't know. I looked it up. It was really weird. Put it this way, Desmond. They basically are playing for a piece of wood. And uh, <laughs> and the Irish, they're going to make it three in a row over the Trojans because the Trojans' quarterback situation is MIA and uh, Slovis is supposed to be coming back out of concussion protocol, but who knows if he's going to play well. Yeah, Notre Dame wins by 21. They're 11-point favorites. I'll let them double that. What about you, Desmond? Actually, Notre Dame win this by 27. I don't think USC stands a chance. Um, but that's interesting about them playing in that bowl. That's funny. Yeah, it's some random rivalry game that's yeah. like they also play Stanford at the end of the year it, for a rivalry game. So it's like whichever the like opposite, whichever one's on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so I guess this one is in Notre Dame, which means it's not on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, we're going to get to the final game, which is Louisville against 19th ranked Wake Forest. Okay, the Demon Deacons are ranked for the first time since 2008. They are they were had a bye week last week, so they didn't get to show that they were for real they moved actually moved up from when they were last week uh this is the they did win the last time they were ranked or i'm sorry did not win last time they were ranked which was in 2008 they were ranked 16th and they had a lost navy okay they dropped out of the rankings but they are hoping for better luck and i believe that because of uh that luck i've got the uh the the demon deacons getting past the pesky cardinals 37 to 30. Desmond, what about you? I do have Wake Forest win this game. I think it'll be 21-17. Um, I think this game will be a lot closer than what I think it will be. I think it might either go to overtime, maybe a last-second field goal. Um, I think it'll be really close. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I mean... The Cardinals always put something, put always give you something. Exactly. Um, 
yeah, that they are six and a half point underdogs. So that again, Vegas thinks something's going to be interesting. I do too. That's on the ACC network, so nobody's going to be able to watch. Uh, sorry, I keep I keep roasting the ACC network, but until you until it gets to be able to let me watch, uh, yeah, I'm going to still roast you, ACC network. So <laughs> come on. Get your get your act together. I want to be able to watch some of these good games. All right, let's get to our scary good game, and we're almost getting to the point, Desmond, where scary good game could be applicable. You know, it's spooky season, right? And uh, and uh, Fresno State and Air Force are going to make it spooky to play um, with a Air Force being in a three and a half point favorite. Okay, I, most of the spreads are very close this week. I wanted to pick this one because this game, this spread is not even going to be close to the final score. I've got Air Force outright ginormous. I mean, like, like we're, we're going to make it where I'll put points on this. I think it'll be 30-point victory. 30 wow. points over Fresno State. Every game with Fresno State has had has been close. I'm sorry. That changes tomorrow at 6 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network in Colorado Springs. Changes. 20 to 30 point victory for the Air Force Falcons. Desmond, do you have outright cover? What do you got? Well, I had outright for 30 points is a lot. So you're not you're not buying into the huge outright, but you're just buying outright for Air Force. Yes. And I want to mention, Desmond, we actually did something against the spread. We covered. We covered against Baylor last week. <laughs> we said they were going to cover and get the outright victory, which they did, thirty-one to twelve over uh, Kansas State. So, I guess go us, right? Go, go us. Go us. Actually, yeah, uh, where we both only have two losses against the spread of the season, so we're doing great. All right. Finally, small school outlook. Desmond, Wyoming goes to sunny California. Uh, order my shirt. Hasn't come in yet. Just like it did last year, it didn't come in when I wanted to use it. So with North Texas, so uh, hopefully next week we'll have the Wyoming shirt on during the podcast. But either way, uh, I like their hopes. They're only four point underdogs, but you know what? Anything can happen in the Mountain West. Uh, they play at 9:30 Central Time. Anything can happen. I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to be staying up so I can watch it. I got to see my my pokes. I don't know what their hand signal is, but I'm assuming go pokes, go pokes, something like boom, boom, go pokes, boom, you know, go John Wayne, go pokes. All right. What about uh, what about the uh, the Cougs and the Bearcats in Houston? Well, George, they had a bye week last week. Um, they go to play Cincinnati this week. Um, I'm hoping for a win. Um, they Cincinnati, did get that. Cincinnati is a seven and a half point favorite. You're really hoping for a win. <laughs> Yes, I am, George. <laughs> also, for a win, I never know with the Houston Cougars. Um, I kind of distantly watching them after they let King just go for the red shirt. I don't know, George. I just just been watching them. <laughs> All right. Well, well. Hopefully, you'll watch him get a victory or not. Either way, uh, that game's at two thirty tomorrow on ESPN two from TDECU Stadium in Houston. And with that. We hit the buzzer on our 45-minute mark, so we'll say so long, and we'll hope you tune us in next week as we keep going here in college football. Signing off from the mid-season here in October, Friday, the October the 11th, I am George Kopp in College Station, and for my colleague Desmond McLaughlin in Lubbock saying so long from the Fifth Quarter Podcast. Take care. Giga Maggies. And uh, Tech, baby. Adios.